0: you are a blooming flower only if you could open your heart to the possibilities of you welcome to the free to be show here we have conversations to free your heart mind and soul i am your host cordelia gaffar the ultimate joy goddess and the possibility of joy within you I guide women who look powerful on the outside, yet feel voiceless on the inside to be replenished and aligned. Are you ready for the sacred experience of you? Are you ready for your soul's medicine? I call that for mind alignment, which recalibrates your body wisdom from your lotus up to your stomach up to your heart and completes your full transformation in your mind move and explore your lotus mind feed and nourish your stomach mind acknowledge and accept your heart mind transcend your logical mind with sleep be free to be using ancient body wisdom in conversation in community and in practice. Be free to be. Welcome to the Free to Be Show. Today I'm so excited to have Daniela, Daniela Stevens. You see, I'm so excited I can't even speak. And uh, <laughs> I met her recently on LinkedIn. And, um, and I thought that it was appropriate to have this conversation. So you can see her beautiful face now. And I'm, I, so I want you to see her, the colors in her face change as I read her bio because she's such a magnificent individual. And for me, she's the first person I'm having on who has a different pronoun. So she identifies as she, they, and we'll talk about that a little bit. Um, and she's a trauma and attachment inform certified sex and intimacy coach for couples and individuals of all bodies and all expressions. She supports people to experience deep sexual connection and intimacy with themselves and their partner name by addressing the intersections of personal experience and multiple systems of oppression. And by guiding them to clarify, connect, communicate, heal, and co-create the sex they want and the intimacy they desire. I'm not going to read the last paragraph because that's the juicy part in the conversation that we're going to have. But I mean, that part right there, like just to frame that, to begin our discussion today on your pre-orgasmic life. Welcome to the Free to Be Show.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's amazing to be here with you. You're
0: welcome. Yeah. So let us begin at the beginning. Um once upon a time you didn't have orgasms. Tell me about that.
1: <laughs> That's a great line for my book. <laughs> for <a> book. Yeah. <laughs> once upon a time I didn't have orgasms. <laughs> I love it. And I'm I'm remembering the moment when I realized I was different in that. I remember being at a party with a female friend and her friends and, you know, there's a mix of people there, but we're sitting together and the, the conversation moves to self-pleasuring and vibrators and sex, you know, it's, it's girls having girl conversations. And I'm like, I have vibrators. I do self-pleasure and I'm not experiencing orgasm. It was probably in my early twenties um and as that sort of sat with me and I I was doing many things around my self-pleasure around partnered sex and still not experiencing orgasm if we can we can hear it in the conversations around sex that orgasm is the thing it's like we have an orgasm and then sex is done and When you're not having that experience, when I wasn't having that experience, I began to feel broken. I began to feel inhuman. Mm. I felt alien, like I didn't belong as a part of humanity. And then it makes sense that that began to weigh on, on my partner, that it affected our relationship. And they began to take on the, well, maybe it's not Daniela, maybe it's me, maybe it's us. And it was really painful. I definitely suffered asking myself a lot of questions. I never thought it was my partner. I never thought it was our relationship, but I did feel like something was fundamentally missing and was wrong within me. Hmm. I read books. I saw sex therapists. I... Um, we saw an orgasmic meditation coach. Um, I watched videos. I self-pleasured tons. And it it didn't, nothing worked. In fact, the most supportive, prescriptive thing I remember seeing in a book was masturbate every day for 45 minutes. And in two weeks, you'll orgasm. I was like, great, I can do that. I'm committed. <laughs> <laughs> But you can imagine my poor heart and body and sexuality when I did that and nothing ha- like orgasm mm. did not happen. Mm. So it would be this cycle of hopeful, open, trying new things, the new things not working, being devastated, disappearing into myself, losing hope, and... It was like that for probably 20 ish years.
0: Okay. I want to pause with that because a lot of people, right, they are helping themselves by reading books. And these books have great titles and promises. (laughs) And, you know, I love that you mentioned this particular book said masturbate every day for two weeks and then voila what happened? <laughs> and nothing happened you know and so this is where i just want to bring to light that this is why embodiment matters and um and so just presencing that continue telling the story <laughs>
1: yeah, well you're absolutely right it wasn't until i found a teacher who Was involved with tantra and taoist practices where there's an energetic component and it isn't so much in the mind it isn't so much it is it isn't so prescriptive and i i was able to experience the support and safety of somebody guiding me step by step not through prescriptive um, movements But through the general sense of this is how you connect to your body. There's no right or wrong way to do it. The mindset of we're going to explore, we're going to be open, we're going to be spacious. We might even invite some playfulness so it doesn't feel so serious and so outcome oriented. We're going to start here. And I want to invite you to notice what you're feeling. Let's begin to name some sensations. So it really was finding a way back into my body, into a connection with my body that wasn't so distraught, that wasn't so goal-oriented, that wasn't like, if my body doesn't do this, then it hates me or I hate it or we're in this destructive relationship, this, yeah. this back and forth.
0: I love that. So what I'm hearing you say really is, first of all, there was an energetic component and I'm just gonna I guess I'm gonna ask you another question within that. So it appears the safe space and container that your teacher offered energetically was that you were in the same space. Right? So just being in her energy or his energy you didn't they were st- all, it was
1: all online to be honest.
0: Oh was it okay but yeah. still let you know so you the, the transmission,
1: the energetic transmission of it? Yes. Okay. All
0: right. So there was the energetic transmission. And then there was the recognition of your own energy. Is that also correct? Okay. And then I'm hearing you talk about feeling, right? <laughs> As opposed to not feeling. And so within that feeling, you were uh were you instructed to feel like the sensations in your body, as well as your emotions, or just one or the other.
1: Um, both, mm-hmm. I think. I when I when I coach people to be in their bodies, and we'll just sidestep it for a second. And if if I'm working with people who fantasize a lot and can't be present, mm. whether that's during self pleasure or partnered sex. The invitation is to focus on the sensations that we're feeling, to breathe into the sensations that we're feeling, to expand them, to be present with our body and what we're feeling. So sensations like warm and expansive and tingling and streaming and alive, these sensations in our body that can indicate arousal, desire, and turn on so that when we're focused on those things, they expand mm-hmm. the, thing, the things that we focus on and expand. So, it was also part of our practice to be able to hold more than one thing at the same time. So, I might be experiencing sensations of warmth and like tingling and expansion in the lower part of my body, and also be noticing kind of twitchy feelings of vulnerability or discomfort or anxiousness or worry and being able to hold both those things at the same time and then choose what I want to focus on. Okay, well, I don't really want to focus on the worry. I want to set that down. I want to focus on the warmth that I'm feeling, the tingling. And can I consciously and intentionally allow my mind to focus on that?
0: I love that, you know, and and I'm, I'm also hearing like it, it's uh, kind of upward, right? So you're feeling it in your body, but then you're naming it with your brain.
1: Yes. That's which is, the, oh, go, go ahead. That's the key. Mm-hmm. Like for me, that's a fundamental body meditation practice. We're connecting the mind and body by noticing a sensation that perhaps we feel is elicited in the body. And then we're using the language centers in our minds, in our brains, to name the sensation and the location, mm-hmm. and that's that's connecting and integrating the mind and body.
0: Yeah, that's beautiful. So i I, I would say that's like the definition of uh, embodiment, right? So you're 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 learning from your body. And you're not telling your body from your brain, right? Yeah. And the reason why I'm bringing that, you know, I'm presencing that also is because, like, I work with analytical women, you know, because I was an accountant. My dad was a lawyer and I worked with lawyers and accountants, you know. And so the brain is always like, well, we have to
1: put it into a system. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) I I was in academia during those beginning years. And so I was like, let me read all the books. (laughs) (laughs) Let me do all the steps. And it was kind of research-oriented, but it wasn't curiosity-based. Mm. It wasn't open and playful. It felt very serious and rigorous and scientific. Yeah. Um, so the mindset and the intention and the energetics really began to shift some things for me. So
0: if you want to help us skip ahead and let's, let's experience your first orgasm.
1: Yeah. Well, I want to say too that especially being in a body with a clitoris, mm-hmm. I was told over and over that the clitoral orgasm is where it's going to happen. Like, <laughs> the vast majority of people with cl- with clitorises have clitoral orgasms. hmm and we have a lot more ch- you know, challenges with having orgasms with just penetration. And for me, a jade egg practice is what changed everything to invite me to be multi-orgasmic. And I find that clitoral orgasms are the most difficult ones for me to experience. Oh. I don't think I've ever heard anyone else say that. So... I want to say it and share it with you and for your audience, because if they're like me and like, I'm not having clitoral orgasms, there are so many other (laughs) orgasms that we have access to, regardless of our body, that can really invite us into pleasure. And and it's not really about orgasm at all. It's about the most amount of pleasure we have access to in, in the moment, in any moment.
0: Yes, thank you for that. <laughs>
1: yeah. So my first orgasm I, I remember being vulnerable and sharing this experience and journey and struggle with so many people and I got lots of very flippant responses, one of them being are you sure you're not having an or-? like you're having an orgasm and you just don't know and I looked at them and many of them and said are you having orgasms and you just don't know? Like if I had an orgasm Wouldn't I know? And they're like, Yeah, yeah, you would. Okay. And so my
0: I'm putting you on solo okay so that you can tell us the story.
1: (laughs) So when I think I had my first orgasm, I wasn't really sure what was happening. And I don't think even in the moment I would have named it as orgasm. When you don't know what's happening, you don't always know. What it is, or what to name it. So I, and it wasn't showing up like I expected it to. And that was part of the challenge, too. I had this preconceived notion of what it would be like and how it would feel and how long it would last. So I remember being intimate with my partner at the time multiple times and then laying back and having a conversation and being like, sharing how I felt and what I experienced and them saying, well, that kind of sounds like an orgasm. What do you think? And I'm like, maybe. And it took me a while to figure out and to explore. I remember going to colleagues and saying, can you describe to me what an orgasm is when you're experiencing it, when you're not, what's a peak and what's an orgasm? I was I was taught that orgasm does have this formula. It's sensation plus expansion plus a threshold, and that can look different and feel different in every body. That it could be a sensation of warmth or tingling or expansion or um, streaming that it expands, it sort of moves, whether that's across your body or into your body or out of your body. And there's some sort of threshold, like we're going over a roller coaster and we have that ah! or it could be a falling back, like we're falling back into our bed. And that sort of threshold of an experience, that kind of change of, of sensation of, of mental emotional state. And so I remember it it being a curiosity of okay well we need to have sex again so I can kind of be a little bit more conscious of what's happening and notice is this orgasm and can I expand it can I invite it to be bigger as it was kind of it was like in its infancy. It was a baby, baby orgasm. It's, can I call this a mini orgasm and invite it to be bigger? So my first experience of orgasm was very, um, it was unfolding. It was blooming. It was awakening. And there was a lot of curiosity to then claim, oh, this, this is my orgasm. This is this is what this feels like. This is what this, this is how this happens in my body.
0: I love that. And I love the words that you use, you know, because a lot of times when we haven't had an experience, we don't have the vocabulary for it. So at least you were a little bit prepared with the vocabulary having, you know, sat with the Tantra teacher. And then, and it sounds like you had a really, uh, patient and compassionate partner at the time as well, you know, um, which may also be a barrier for some women, not <laughs> being able to be in that conversation. Let's do it again. Let's see, you know, let's yeah. explore our limits, you know, like, um, and the curiosity on both sides is so important, um, to create that space to, uh, for an orgasm to happen. Uh, you know, I, I say it's an opportunity to free your body, free yourself to really, um, expand and, um, experience something new. So that was very lovely. (laughs)
1: Yeah. Well, and that's one of the reasons why I work with couples and individuals, whether individuals are partnered, dating, single, Sometimes their partner isn't available or isn't willing or isn't capable to be a part of their journey. Sometimes there's work that we do need to do with ourself first and then begin to integrate that with a partner. Sometimes there is the the joint willingness and desire to to do it together, to feel supported, to, to support and so I was in a, 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 a relationship where it was both. I was working on it by myself and I was working on it with them and we could work on it together. And it, it led to them being multi-orgasmic. And so it was a very beautiful experience that I was so grateful to, to be in, to be supported in and to be held in.
0: That's wonderful. I am curious though, did your partner have a clitoris or a penis?
1: No. I was in, um, let's see, I was in a long-term committed marriage with a man, with someone with a penis. And we had been through this together for a very long time. And we had seen what kind of pressure it put on our relationship, what kind of pressure it had put on our sex life how it then began to seep into our emotional connections, our connections as parents of three children. And we were able to do some very deep work individually and together to step back and be like, this is not what we want this to be. And so it does feel important to say he is and was both concurrently a a straight man, assigned male at birth, with a penis. And part of my exploration and then his and my exploration also led to him being multi-orgasmic. He could experience orgasm without ejaculation. He could experience multiple orgasms without refractory periods. And we were able to again, individually connect to our sexuality and be multi-orgasmic and be able to have those experiences together.
0: Yeah. Thank you for bringing that to light because that's another part that I wanted to talk about is a lot of people don't believe that men can be (laughs) multi-orgasmic because of the, the belief, right? The collective belief that you have an orgasm, which equals ejaculation, which equals He's done. He goes. We're to done. Yes. Yeah, everybody's done. <laughs> and the truth is, according to your own description, yes, your life was that until it wasn't, and when it wasn't, it was like he didn't ejaculate. And here's something that women, that women don't know, but you did, right? Because women yes. do ejaculate when we have
1: orgasms. <laughs> I was so.
0: You're Canadian. like, did I pee myself?
1: Cornelia, can I tell you, I. I ejaculated before I orgasmed, and it was so confusing because I was like, oh wait, was that orgasm? Does ejaculation mean orgasm? And I was upset, I was confused, and you know, descended into the internet, which which did share <laughs> that's with what me. we do. <laughs> you know, I mean, what did they do before? <laughs> And it was it was confusing to hear and read. You can ejaculate without orgasming and feel like I could do this really special thing and that there was a, a great amount of pleasure in it. <laughs> and I still couldn't
0: orgasm. <laughs> it I was almost there.
1: <laughs> I was like, no, no. Can we, can we trade this? Can we barter this in? I, (laughs) because there is such a, uh, you allude, you you shared, like we have this, this unconscious belief, sex is penis in a vagina, the penis ejaculates and orgasms, sex is done. We have this belief that the clitoral orgasm is the easiest one, that one's going to come first. The, like... Orgasming together, a man and a woman is is ideal, is idyllic, and that's it. That's kind of where the dream stops.
0: Yeah. And, and so and,
1: yeah, well, and so for <laughs> me to be kind of backwards, I don't know, I don't think of it that way, but to feel to have the experience that my body, and and this is really kind of the story I write about it, my my body and my sexuality, they really thrive with a deeper experience, whether that's a G-spot orgasm, which can come kind of close, uh, kind of quick, quicker for me. Um, I love cervical orgasms. And these days I have spontaneous orgasms. I can orgasm with, with thought and memory, or just by focusing on sensation with breath work. So I don't even need to be touched or touch myself in order to experience orgasm. And that's what's become possible. That's that's the beyond the collective conversation around sex and pleasure. That's available to me and, and to clients that I work with who are open to that possibility, whether it's men And people with penises have being multi-orgasmic, not having to ejaculate, and still being able to experience orgasm, having full body orgasms, experiencing orgasm with penetrative sex together at the same time. Full full body orgasms, breast orgasms, all these beautiful types of pleasure that we don't really hear are accessible are available are, are what we're born to be experiencing.
0: I'm wondering a, a couple of things because you started naming different types of orgasms. So what are, well, how many have you experienced or documented personally? <laughs> <the>
1: scientific research.
0: <laughs> you know me, I, I ask those kind of questions, but I mean, yeah. you can make it fun. <laughs>
1: yeah, well, I'm sure there's more than what I'm aware of, and I I think there's probably more words and different words to describe some of the same things that we're talking about. So it feels important to say there are the types of orgasms that are stimulated by a certain body part, and then there are the types of orgasms that have a specific energetic signature. Does that make sense? Mm Mm-hmm. So we might have breast or nipple orgasms. Mm-hmm. We might have clitoral orgasms, G-spot orgasms, cervical orgasms, A-spot orgasms, which are not anal orgasms, but A-spots in people with, who have vaginas um, are, are a location around the cervix. Um, and then, you know, there's prostate orgasms and anal orgasms. There's full body orgasms. There's um, valley orgasms. So there's different types and different qualities of orgasm that have different textures. So I remember sting, I feel old, but like sting talking about Tantra and having orgasms for hours. We're talking about a full body orgasm that just circulates that energy and can do that for hours. And I've I've experienced now that I'm thinking about it, like laughter orgasms. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I've experienced, and her colleagues talk about anger orgasms. So again, we're talking about a sensation. Maybe something that we could, we we might name it uh, an emotion, and there's a, an underlying sensation there. A sensation, the expansion of that sensation in our body and experience plus some sort of threshold right is that orgasmic blueprint in our body
0: Mm. do you
1: have others would you name others
0: I would love to know Mm. let's see I mean mouthgasms you know (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know that I have a name for it, but yeah, there's, uh, there's one like around the navel, right? Yeah. Um, and I don't know, I guess it depends on fetishes too, right? You can have like, um, I wouldn't qualify it as a full body orgasm, but you know, like the ones that are in your knees. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> And your ankles <laughs> in between your digits you know whether it's your toes or your fingers <clears throat> and um and then there's the yeah i guess that goes back to the fetishes right there's the the other ones um with your skin your hair at the back of the neck your ears you mm-hmm. know your mm-hmm. eyebrows your nose i mean <laughs> okay <laughs> Just going, but you know, it's like, there are so many portals, you know, for it is, is really, I think what we're saying here. And, um, and so one thing that I bring attention to, I have this, this freebie that I offer called how to be multi-orgasmic, right. And it's just open yourself to exploring parts of your body that are not typically considered genitalia. And um, that will, uh, I think that dis- that that is more of the experience of the expansion that you talk about when you mm-hmm. talk about the the energy in the body, and it just brings a whole new awareness to the possibilities.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And mm, I just had a great a great thought. So you know how like babies, right? They have they, they have lots of sensation in their body. But as we become adults, we get more and more numb. And so when I think of being multi-orgasmic, it's almost like reawakening all those um, nerve endings that have been shut off from the time we were probably toddlers until whatever age we are now. Yeah. you know, (laughs) whatever. And, and so that is the, the reawakening of the senses and the, the body wisdom. Yeah.
1: I love that because I'm thinking about what one of the keys of me shifting from being pre-orgasmic to being multi-orgasmic was connecting to my heart and letting my heart be more open And I think being more curious, being more playful, and I really remember two things like beginning to self-pleasure, kind of just going up my arm, began to awaken a lot of sensation. And I remember being with a new partner and them doing that same movement and me experiencing orgasm that was, I would say, non-sexual But this movement for me, up my arm, expands up my arm toward a threshold that bubbles into orgasm. Mm -hmm. So I love what you're saying that we can return to the innocence of being infants and connect with our body from this curious, like, oh, if I touch my body, if I let air move across my body in this way, I can be really vulnerable and open and and feel that and allow it to be pleasurable or uh, we don't even have to use the word pleasurable because it feels so loaded. We can just allow
0: ourselves to feel good. Well, I was going to say, just allow yourself to be right. Because that's what I think about when you say, and that orgasm went on for hours because that's what happens. It becomes a state of being. Mm-hmm. And so that's, that. I guess that's the next question I wanted to go into, right? When you ex- experience being orgasmic, what else does that bring into your life? <sighs>
1: I experience the way in which I'm orgasmic specifically as a very grounded in my body effervescent overflow a translucent bubbling from with from deep within and I'm careful in sharing that because we can engage with a lot of people in Sexuality, sacred sexuality, kink, in, and other communities where their sexuality really is coming out. It's going out. It's it's. My teacher used to say, "Heating up the room." Mm-hmm. It's as if they're they're floating off of the off of the ground, and yet they don't feel quite in their body. It's like they have to go out and reach other people and infuse them with it. Versus I feel very grounded and anchored, and you might experience it coming off of me in waves like asphalt that's heated up, and I'm not actively seeking for others to engage me, and not, I'm not actively seeking to engage others with it. hmm I know
0: intimately what you're talking about. Oh, I'm sorry. Were you complete? Yeah, I'm complete. Okay. <laughs> I just got so excited because I was like, yep, that's it. Because like when you have that embodied energy, the way you were describing it, I love all the words you use. I I would use those words too. Mm. You know when to cloak it, you know, and uh, protect it. Because it is sacred and it is for you, right?
1: Well, I also, I I think I experience it as for me and i don't necessarily need to protect it but it's not egoic i don't Mm -hmm. need it's not flashy i don't Mm -hmm. need other people to see it and want it Mm -hmm. and excavate it out of me for me to feel really delicious within it and with it and in it so I think what you're talking about when you're talking about cloaking and protecting it is, is protecting it and cloaking it from being magnetized so that it's extracted. Mm. I'm not, or that it's magnetized for egoic purposes. Like come to me. I am so orgasmic. You Mm -hmm. want to be me. You want to be next to me. I can show you the path like I'm not interested in that kind of guru patriarchal power over <laughs> experience um, and that's not the personal experience I carry with me in these full body orgasms or in this expression of me being a multi-orgasmic person.
0: Yeah, I I would say when I use the word cloak, it is, um, not intentionally magnetizing new partners Mm
1: -hmm. mostly. Mm
0: -hmm. Um, and you know, the other thing is I would say this whole way of being is completely a detachment from ego. Like it's not like being multi-orgasmic and having an ego is like, it doesn't happen, you know? It, it, they they don't live in the same worlds. <laughs>
1: yeah. and, um, I'm trying we free to- ourselves from the patriarchy. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to. It's so it's so challenging to to have chased something for so long to feel human and then experience something so what seems like outside the normal of what we're all experiencing to also feel different. Mm-hmm. And I'm I'm in conversation with a new person who might be sexually interested in in the future. And I'm trying to say, like, yes, I'm multi-orgasmic, but orgasms don't mean anything to me. Mm -hmm. Yes, I'm multi-orgasmic, but I don't need to have sex. Mm -hmm. I'm not driven to have sex. I'm not compelled to have sex. I'm looking for a deep connection. I do want that and probably need that to have a sexual expression, a sexual component to it. and I am not someone who feels feels pleasure or desire or arousal in my body and I's like who who's here? who's available? That comes with the connection between us mm-hmm. and if we both want to express it in that way, then we move forward. And so, there's a there's a sort of double-edged sword.
0: I don't really think I I appreciate you present presenting that as well because I believe that many people chase after you know that I, I believe that the dating game it is a game right is about the chase of mm-hmm. getting that physical satisfaction mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and um. Mentioning, yeah, I want to have a deep connection, not understanding or knowing what that really means to them or feels like for them. And so, um, I in in our conversation, I feel like we're talking about the subtle with uh, with conscious intention
1: that's what you're talking about. That's how we started with this piece, right? Is multi-orgasmic without ego, multi-orgasmic without attachment, multi-orgasmic without need. Mm-hmm. So it feels like they're, um, I'm multi-orgasmic with an asterisk. It's because if someone I talk to hears or I share that I'm multi-orgasmic, the perception is I have a high libido. And yes. <laughs> And I'm like, I actually don't, <laughs> I don't like I can orgasm for days and days and days and I don't need to, I don't chase it and I don't want to be chased.
0: Mm-hmm. And you can be very selective, you know? Um, I I love that you brought that up, you know, because just like you, you know, I I can be in an orgasmic state for many days, many weeks, and not want to be in partnership, you know, even if I have a partner. (laughs) And, and it just, you know, it just, the connection that we have is enough, you know, and I'm going to also bring into this conversation something else that we hear quite often, using your sexual energy for creativity. Right. Mm-hmm. And okay. I'm going to just ask you that question. What are your thoughts? On
1: oh, I'm, I'm curious where you're leading us. though. <laughs> I, I mean, when I work with people who, with clients who have what they think is a lot of sexual energy and turn on, and they're frustrated or they're, they're, Oh gosh, you know, just that feeling they're restless. They're kind of itchy. It's a problem. (laughs) You know, it does feel like, okay, this is raw energy and it doesn't have to be used sexually. It doesn't have to be used with self-pleasure. It doesn't have to be used in partnered sex. It is this like life force energy. It does feel like this part of the glue that connects us to one another and to everything in nature. And I have personally been thinking about, can I self-pleasure to access some creative energy so that I can create things for my clients? And I haven't really engaged it so much specifically, but it does feel like I can alchemize sexual energy from this kind of raw primal experience to something that fills up my body and fills up my entire soul and self that f- begins to become more refined and more easily accessible in in various ways whether that's creativity or in connection with strangers or in connection with my children, that that energy can can infuse multiple aspects of my life.
0: That's exactly where I was going with this. You know, yeah, because, share your
1: experience. Let me Yeah. So
0: my experience with that is like and I do sometimes self-pleasure to you know to uh actually access wisdom,
1: mm-hmm. right? Oh, I definitely
0: do that. It's like, I think of it as a mindfulness practice to um, really bring in what's the message for me today? Mm-hmm. What is it that I, you know,
1: mm-hmm. must presence
0: with my clients? And I get messages. I say that my lotus verse speaks, you know, she does. <laughs> Like when I first started um, practicing Tantra, I was like, oh, I didn't actually know. Because it was like distinctly coming from, I would say, the lotus mind, which is the first mind. And I was like, this is amazing. And I used that energy and it just stayed with me. It seemed like, I don't know how long, how many weeks, you know, it was with me and i was it like created a vortex for me Mm -hmm. of just um understanding and what you were saying about the oneness right i felt like i was in the frequency with nature like when i went hiking i knew which trees to hug and which roots to be near you know and which rocks to to touch and i would get messages you know and so it it is so much more than just creative energy. It's like a connective energy to the oneness. And it has nothing to do with my libido, which is quite high for an old hag. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> of course, I'm not an old hag. <laughs> no, let me say for a a, a beautiful crone, right? Because that's where uh, we're going through now. And um, for d- just this, this opening and expansiveness that... I experience with, um, this orgasmic energy is something that I gift to my clients in sessions. They don't even know they're getting it, you know, until they do. Yeah, (laughs) It's like, I love those
1: texts. They come for what they want and they get what they need. (laughs)
0: Exactly. And I I love the text when it's like, you know, I'm smiling from the
1: inside out, you know? Yeah. Do you feel like we have time for me to share a tender example of that that I've experienced recently? I would love that. Yes. And I was, was inspired, followed a whim to self-pleasure recently, and I was so overjoyed and relieved because it was the first time in six months that I had self-pleasured. Where it hadn't ended in grief, um, or even a panic attack, a former partner had ended our relationship six months ago, and and so self pleasure for me is like you're talking is is like what you're talking about. It's this embodied meditation and check in and listening, deep deep listening, and I self pleasured. I didn't cry. I didn't dissolve into tears and grief. And I was like, my body is healing. My heart is healing. My sexuality is healing. They're all coming back online. And I was relieved. I was overjoyed. And that orgasmic energy was with me for two and a half days. Mm -hmm. And... I had a hard time describing to people that one, I did not orgasm during that entire self-pleasure experience. There wasn't a a sexual orgasm, but the energy of relief and joy mm. and wholeness that came from the, the totality of that experience was something that was orgasmic for multiple days. Yes. Um, and so, like you're describing for me, self pleasure is a is a is a spiritual, sacred, meditative, pleasurable, and also can be grief grief stricken um, experience or opportunity because it's not always like that. It can be just pleasure and fun, and it can also be deep wisdom from my body from soul from spirit from something higher everything higher um that i can that i can connect to and and listen to and be in be in commu- communication with mm-hmm.
0: i love that you shared that and the way that you shared that and that you mentioned grief mm-hmm. we're going to have to do another conversation about that um, not specifically about grief, but about the crying mm. and feeling during sex, during self pleasure, um, because I think this is another very misunderstood thing. So maybe we can do mm. a part two, because right there's the pre orgasmic life, but once you unnumb and you start feeling, yes, you're like, why am I crying when I'm having sex? <laughs> or not?
1: You're just crying all the or, time. Anyways. Yes. Or you're that. <laughs> So much joy, so much love, so much gratitude, so much grief, so much hope. Yeah. yeah. There's no, you can't you can't numb one feeling and expect to feel only the ones you want to feel. <laughs> yeah.
0: Right? It's not like eeny meeny miny mo. I'll take that I one. I just want it's, all the
1: pleasure. Yeah. It's like you keep the grief.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no. Everything is one side of the other, right? there's well, I mean, the love and even, then there's the grief.
1: <laughs> I don't even see it as a binary. It's like, if you want purple, you're going to get indigo and you're going to get yellow and you're going to get green and you're going to get orange and you're going to get red. You can't, you, you're going to get the whole spectrum, not just red and purple. It's not. Well, the that,
0: that's what I kind of meant because it's all my mm. hand. I can't separate it.
1: <laughs> well, but, but your hand is also like this side, you know, mm. it's the, mm-hmm. it's, it's right, the, the in between in your back, it's the depth, it's the space in between. It's it's the full 3D spectrum of your hand. And and you know, it's this part too, right?
0: It is. Yes. So beautifully said. I can't believe that we've talked for almost an hour. It just feels like we just started talking. We have um, so much
1: more to talk about.
0: Yeah, clearly. So I appreciate, you know, us beginning this conversation, um, helping women to understand and men what it is to be pre-orgasmic and, and then becoming orgasmic and understanding what is orgasm and what is ejaculation and that they're not synonymous. So I'm, I'm glad that we brought that to light and I'm wondering two things. What is one more thing that you would like to put in the space? And then how would you close us out?
1: Mm.
0: And I'm going to put you on solo view. So don't be alarmed.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I want us to focus on experiencing the most pleasure possible with our body in connection with our body and with partnered sex when we choose it, that to really begin to be curious to begin to be open, to invite playfulness, uh, having the embodied experience of being worthy and deserving of feeling good and feeling connected to our bodies and to the people we invite into relationship with our bodies. It's so important that that we reach for and know both are possible. And so I I wish that for all of us that we experience the sex that we want and the intimacy that we desire.
0: Hmm. Thank you for that. I love um, I love that commentary, and I'm just going to leave it there to close this particular episode. So for those of you who are viewing and listening, if this is in any way made you more curious or answered questions for you. Share this with another heart. Share this with another soul. And until next week, be free. Thank you for being present for the Free to Be Show with the possibility of joy within you. Now go into the oceans of your mind and integrate and stimulate the body wisdom within you today. Create the remainder of your day differently. Be a stand for who you be. Experiment with using your voice. And if you require a soft place to land in community, connect with me at theultimatejoygoddess.com. Together we will explore the joy within you. Until next week, be free.